I'm Richard Hurley from the BMJ, and I'm joined uh, today by Iltifat Hussein and Des Spence uh, to discuss our latest head-to-head debate, um, which asks the question, can healthy people benefit from health apps? So, Dr. Hussein is the editor of imedicalapps.com and an assistant professor of emergency medicine uh, at Wake Forest School of Medicine, North Carolina, in the United States. And Des Spence is a general practitioner from Glasgow. Hi there. Hi. Hey. So this technology has exploded. Um, I hear there there are estimates of perhaps uh, tens of thousands, maybe even 100,000 health-related apps for sale. Um, Iltifat, for our technologically less literate listeners, can you explain simply what these are and maybe give some examples? Sure. Uh, You have different levels of... A health and medical app, but uh, the easy way to define a health app is to say it's a piece of software on your phone that enables you to potentially improve your health. So some examples of health apps are, uh, they can be as simple as tracking your blood pressure uh, readings uh, within an application to more complex health apps that will actually Uh, wirelessly sync uh, with your blood pressure cuff and automatically record your blood pressure measurements for you. Okay. And just to make it clear, this debate is about healthy people, um, so those without symptoms and diagnoses. Um, Can can you also, just quickly, explain what what Fitbit and Jawbone are? Sure. Uh, Fitbit and Jawbone are fitness devices that are wearable technology uh, they're considered, they're in the class of, uh, we, we just call them wearables, and they enable you to track your physical activity. Um, they've now started producing features where they also track your uh, heart rate as well. Um, they can track the number of steps you're going, and they can, again, sync with your smartphone uh, within their own um, health apps um, on your phone and uh, able you to track your overall um, physical activity potentially even your health great okay thank you and um so so des i want to um there's some wonderful phrasing in your um your your uh, uh half of the debate um our technologically advanced society is avoidant fearful insecure and worried about anything and everything and then later you say war pestilence and famine are all out to grass technology medicine and overdiagnosis are the new riders of the apocalypse so, melodrama aside, are you a Luddite? I don't think so. Do you know, maybe I am. Um, it's, it, um, you know, I, I'm quite into tech. I mean, I like technology. I've, I'm like a kind of sad techno head. I mean, I've ordered the uh, the Apple Watch and things. So, so I'm not against technology. And I think there's a distinction to be made between, I suppose, kind of lifestyle apps, which are, you know, how far you walk and trying to check your diet and that, that type of thing, to to, to the, the medical kind of apps. And, and, and I suppose my main concern is that the, uh, uh, the, the apps that look at your vital signs and can measure vital signs like, you know, blood pressure, heart rhythm, uh, fetal, uh, uh, fetal heart rate, saturations, the, these, these are the, the, my main issue because I think they have no kind of background of, of, of testing. They, they, they're completely unregulated. And it's, it's hard to, you know, all this, the stuff that we've ever done as far as recording these vital signs in the past have largely been in symptomatic people. And I, and I, you know, my concern is if we stretch this into the kind of the worried world, if you like, that um, 
what impact that this might have because i mean i spend much of my time trying to to uh, you know de-escalate situations in the in the consultant room where people have come in and they you know put stuff into dr google and they've you know convinced themselves at the age of 18 that they they've got lung cancer you know and uh, um so i'm not against the wearable technology so not against lifestyle apps but i think we have to be very cautious and very, and very thoughtful and you know not lunge into these things because i think that there may be a potential for, for for harm and that's true i mean if you look at health technologies across the board i mean there is undoubtedly uh, issues around over diagnosis and over treatment i think we're just beginning to to realize Okay, I think I think there's some overlap in your um, in your arguments because I mean, Iltafat, you you know, there is um, scant evidence that that any of these pieces of software of, of huge, uh, which are hugely variable in quality, there's scant evidence that any of them bring benefit to healthy people. But but there's enough for you to think them them worthwhile. Can you elaborate on that a little? Right, and I would also mention kind of how Des mentioned as well that. I, you know, I agree with them in the sense that you shouldn't be putting a fetal heart rate monitor, you know, taking your phone's microphone and putting it um, on a pregnant uterus. You don't want to do things like that. You don't want to suggest even things like that. You know, so I agree. Uh, most of these uh, metrics that these apps measure, I think, quite frankly, are pointless. They're useless. Uh, they just add noise, add data. Uh, they're not metrics that we as physicians, frankly, care about. Um, but I do feel that there are other applications out there that um, do help track, you know, certain metrics that physicians can utilize to help improve the uh, patient-physician encounter and uh, overall potentially improve health. Um, and I say that because I think things like Google um, are actually a great thing. I think they're a wonderful thing. Um, I think over time you've seen Google turn into a search engine that would only deliver um, you know, random uh, search results when it came at least to the medical sphere to actually distilling information quite well. I mean, when you search Google here, um, you get a summary of medical conditions from verifiable resources. I think you're going to see the same thing happen uh, in the health app arena where uh, right now it is uh, more the wild, wild west. <laughs> I completely agree with Des on that. But I think you'll see a, a little bit more refinement in the next uh, five to 10 years because the market is, show, is so mature. Uh, right now. Um, so I think certainly there's not great evidence that shows that even using uh, devices like Fitbit um, or um, Jawbone help. But I think over time, um, you know, we're going to see uh, the studies that show, you know, a potential for, you know, keeping healthy people, um, what, you know, what I call healthy. What do you think about that, Des? Yeah, um, but you know, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of truth in that, and uh, um, you know, as I said, the internet, as I said, I think, is a very, very good thing from a patient perspective, um, and maybe you know, maybe in time it will settle down. But certainly at the minute, I think we need to be to be careful because one of the issues is that you know the health market is is enormous. I mean, in the in the US, almost twenty percent of its GDP, nearly. So there's enormous potential conflicts of, of interest and, and financial incentives to make people sick. And, and, I, and my concern is these apps, particularly in healthy people, might act as just a, you know, a lever to, to, to make people more, more anxious, consume more healthcare, which, you know, as I said before, you know, try, you know, we shouldn't confuse more healthcare with better healthcare because it's, you know, and, and one of the, the things that we sometimes forget is that our role as doctors isn't just about treating the, 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 the sick, it's also about protecting the well. And, and, and that's 
something we need to be very conscious of. We need to protect people's sense of well-being. And I have a great anxiety that, you know, we have an explosion of health apps, you know, which are unregulated and that um, have lots of you know, corporate money behind them, that that's just going to make, you know, it's just going to, it's going to be mayhem. It's going to, people are going to be, you know, scared to death by it all. But, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, let, let's see what happens in 10 years' time. But I suspect what will happen is that there'll be some retreat and, and likely that, that there'll be, um, I'm sure, more oversight, more regulation of the, these apps. And that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's, my, you know, that's my main concern is that, that, that there should be proper kind of, you know, oversight. Yeah, um, I mean, I was going to uh, well, I was going to come on to later, but why don't we talk about it now? There, you know, there was a recent study in um, the journal Breast uh, that found that out of 185 apps related to breast health, uh, less than 15% um, seemed to be evidence based, and less than 15% had had professional involvement in their creation. Both of you touch on uh, the loose regulations surrounding health apps in the US and the UK. Um, Iltifat, what can you tell us how the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is regulating these apps? Does it give you confidence? Uh, so it partially gives me confidence. The way I describe it is, um, again, you're in the wild, wild west. And before, a couple of years ago, there was absolutely no sheriff in town. There was no law in town. You could do whatever you wanted. Now, um, it looks like a sheriff is in town, but that sheriff hasn't defined exactly what they're going to do, what the exact laws are. And quite frankly, um, the sheriff is unable and doesn't have the bandwidth to monitor everything. So, um, you know, yes, it's helped in a way because it's let people know that, hey, you can't just create anything. But at the same time, I think uh, especially... um, individual developers are well aware that it's going you know the fda is not necessarily going to come after them because they have enough things to do but what they're going to regulate uh, they basically said um apps that track fitness um apps that um enable patients to log their own data they're not uh, interested in regulating however any app that turns your uh, phone into a medical device um they are interested in uh, regulating. Uh, the problem, though, becomes, again, with pieces of software that are updated every few months, do they have to, you know, again, regulate that application or approve that application? Um, you have other applications, uh, Des kind of alluded to, that you know, purport to measure um, your oxygen levels, um, your heart rate, yet uh, these apps, you know, still are in the app store and could potentially be considered, um, you know, turning your phone into a medical device. Um, and these apps don't use validated techniques either, uh, which is you know, certainly concerning. The most popular and more most egregious one is um, a certain blood pressure application that is in the top 10 section in the, um, at least the U.S. Um, app store uh, in the health section called Instant Blood Pressure. This is an application that uh, says it will measure your uh, blood pressure just using your iPhone. You take your iPhone's uh, camera and you take the microphone and, you know, you take the microphone, put it next to your heart, you take your finger, put it on the camera, and apparently it'll tell you your blood pressure readings. Now, one would think that, oh, this is uh, not going to do well, but again, it's in the top 10. 
It's got more than 700 reviews uh, in the App Store. Uh, people in the comment section are saying they're using this application instead of using their traditional blood pressure cuffs. Um, and the app gets away by uh, doing all of this by having a small little disclaimer that says it is not a medical device. It's only for recreational purposes. Um, and, and so I think that, again, highlights, you know, an application that is certainly you know, has massive potential to do harm. And um, that's why I think it's still the onus is more in the health community to tell app developers what metrics matter, what metrics don't, um, to tell them how to, you know, utilize research and other things. And really just to tell industry, um, you know, how you know certain things are good, certain things are not. I think we need to take more of an active role in that. You make a fair point, though. I mean, that, that the app about uh, blood pressure just seems, seems, you know, I, I'm amazed that they can get away with it, actually. And uh, um, we yeah. might be terrible at checking people's blood pressure, but that's, that sounds even worse <laughs> than, than than the mic care, you know. So, uh, um, and that's and that's the issue, really, is that these. Um, yeah. You know, without without proper regulation, it, it, it's just going to it's just going to snowball. Yeah. And uh, um, Ilta was talking about the FDA, and I think uh, you know, look how you know poorly they've managed to regulate medicines over the last you know two decades. And um, you know, and then if you have a market that is you know a hundred times bigger than that, I think they're just going to be swamped. And uh, uh, the thing about it is that money tends to to, to talk, and it will distort you know, all the regulation, and and, and people will. You know, we'll step around the regulation. So, I mean, I, I don't really have a lot of faith sure. in the FDA or, or the MRHA over here. Ilta, in fact, you were just telling us about the FDA's um, regulation of health apps. Des, I think um, that the NHS has a store of approved apps in the UK. Does that give you confidence? Um, uh, not probably not really. I mean, the, the thing about these is so fast moving that uh, you, you you probably need to. To, to, to have some a dedicated team to it or, or um, I mean the problem is if it gets endorsed people kind of forget about it and because and, uh, um, technology changes so so rapidly so um, I mean it's a start perhaps I think there's more that we could do but certainly this is the this is the future in some ways I think we need to accept that a bit like the internet you know you might rage against it but but it's it's there and we have to deal with it likewise I think we have to do the same with kind of wearable te- technology and and, uh, and apps so we have to we have to find out where it fits in but there's no point in being on the back foot I think we need to be on the front foot to to, to kind of challenge uh, the quality of these things and, and, and make sure people aren't you know being unduly kind of um, made anxious. Uh, both of you in in your arguments um, allude to the effects that these apps might have on doctors' workloads. Um, Iltafat. Sure. Um, I think these applications can potentially help uh, decrease uh, physician workloads, but also increase them. I mean, it goes both ways. It really does. And again, I keep harking back to this, but I think it's very important. You know, we ourselves as physicians get educated about how to utilize these apps and tell our patients as well. Um, I see in the near future in, you know, within 10 years or so, you'll be asking your patients, hey, what applications are you using uh, for your overall health, as well as asking them about what multivitamins they're using, you know, or if they're using them at all. Um, And I think they can increase the physician visit by, um, you know, if a patient comes to you and they're, again, utilizing some uh, scam application to measure their blood pressure using their microphone. Um, and they're worried about their blood pressure being elevated, sure, that's going to increase the patient visit time. Uh, but at the same time, if you have a patient uh, that says they're worried that they've, they're a healthy person but they have an overall sedentary lifestyle um, and they now want to become you know, more active, 
um, you can utilize these health apps instead of having to go through and um, give them pamphlets and pieces of paper about what you know dietary things to um, utilize. You can potentially give them an app and um, prescribe them an application that'll enable them to uh, help you know increase their physical activity um, and also uh, learn more about you know the appropriate foods uh, uh, to consume. Des, you've you've talked about your concerns about. Um increases in in workload from a tsunami of worried well well i mean uh, <clears throat> who knows what will happen but my gut feeling is that it, it will put ever more pressure on on, on workload because I, I think technology and i think was a you know there's an assumption that that would reduce our workload overall but in fact it's just um it's just increased over over time if you look for, for, at you know diseases decline just as demand for medical services has has increased so i think this will just kind of feed the feed the machine feed the, the corporate medical machine feed the the the, the, the monster of, of health concern and anxiety and uh, um as i said i, I don't, don't don't do too much of a um naysayer but but I, I think we just have to to step back from a little bit and be you know look at the potential harms that, that might might come of it and uh, um but who knows we'll, we'll wait and see i'll see how i'll get on with my uh, my apple watch and uh, i'll get back to you <laughs> Many thanks to uh, Drs Des Spence and Iltifat Hussein for joining me today and for contributing to our head-to-head debate. Uh, you can read um, their arguments in full on the bmj.com and please send us a rapid response so that we know where you stand on the issue. We re- republish the most interesting as letters to the editor.